Good morning, everybody. It's great to be uh, first time in this scenario in the studio. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to talking to you. And uh, what I've been asked to do, really, is pull together the series of talks that have been taking place over the last few weeks under the title of uh, Faith, It's a Doing Word. So, um, so that's what I've done, and I'm not really going to add uh, too much more to the, uh, to the content of what's been said, but just a few reflections and thoughts that I've had as I've reviewed what people have been sharing with us on faith. It's a doing word. And as I have, um, and with the help of the people giving me some hints via email, so I didn't have to listen to all the talks again, um, just gathered it together, there's been a real sense of consistency in what people have talked about un under that theme. Uh, and some really great talks. I've I mean, they've all been given by the kind of younger adult members of our, our partners within the church. Uh, and I'm just really impressed by the quality of what they bring and by the quality of the way that they bring it. So it's a great privilege to be able to, uh, to share with you some, some insights from what they've said. Um, so I'm just going to do a brief summary um, of what they did say, because I think that will help to pick out the consistency between looking at faith and doing, because faith, it's a doing word. So here goes. So Noah shared with us that faith comes from and is built on friendship with the Lord. But it's demonstrated through works. Josh talked about how faith is present and continuous in Abraham's life. And asked the question, how will others be blessed by our faith? By what we do as a result of our faith. Joe, who's sitting here, uh, talked about how faith was really powerful in Joshua such that it drew other people to be able to have faith. Even God was asking them to do something which was crazy. Becky talked about how for Ruth, faith was sticking close to her mother-in-law and to God's people. And it was about being obedient and courageous in her actions. Ellie? also sitting here, talked about how the source of David's confidence was his, was his faith in God. But he brought to that practical wisdom into the thing that he was given to do, which was also a crazy, perhaps, thing that God was giving him to do. Steph talked about the uh, Mary who poured out hugely expensive perfume onto the feet of Jesus, which was an act, but it came out of her devotion to God and her faith in who Jesus was. And then uh, John shared with us how faith is taken step by step as we live our life. So it just struck me as I went through uh, those summaries of what they all said, that they all spoke with great consistency about faith is about our relationship with God, our trust, our confidence, our devotion to God. But it's worked out by courageousness and a whole series of actions. Um, so faith is, in fact, um, a doing word. But then I began to think uh, about some of the contradictions when I uh, look at the Bible about faith. And one verse that came to mind for me is in Romans 9 verse 10, where it says, If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you will be saved. So that seems to be just about believing and perhaps openly believing through speaking. But there's no link to action. And yet it's a complete sentence that you'll be saved. So where's the doing bit? And then you come to uh, the passage in James, 
which may be when Graham set up this theme he was thinking of, I don't know, where James spends quite a lot of time in chapter 2 of his letter saying, faith without works is dead, and talks about it's no good just having belief and faith in that sense. It has to show in your actions, which is very consistent with what we've said. But maybe is a is it a contradiction or is it a paradox with that passage in, uh, in Romans? So as I continued to kind of pray and reflect on this, I then went to where Jesus is talking, and John tells us this in John chapter 5 and it's verse 19. Jesus says, I can do nothing except for what I see the Father doing. Now that's interesting, isn't it? Jesus, who was the Son of God, could do nothing except what he saw the Father doing. So there's a really strong link between the relationship with God the Father and in the actions that Jesus did. And Jesus did some pretty amazing things. So how do we tie these together? And, and, and I kind of came to a conclusion that, yes, faith is a doing word, but for us as Christians, doing, it's a faith word. It works both way around. And I began to think about this relationship between believing and that sense of faith and doing and kind of thought it was like you have, you have believing here and you have doing here and faith for us is the thing that kind of holds them together. It's not a continuum. You can't say, oh, I'm more of a doing person than a believing person or I'm more of a believing person than a doing person. Our faith encompasses them all and our faith in God the Father and through Jesus encompasses both our belief and our confidence in him, but also the things that we do and what we do out of our faith. So they're held together in faith. So that's where I got to on Wednesday, and I thought I had a great talk, till I sat down this morning to just finish off um, and reflected again and just asked Father, you know, what is it you want to show me for this morning uh, that will really help us understand more about this particular subject? And I went back, I went back to uh, John chapter 5. So Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things than these. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. That's John chapter 5, 19 to 21. So if Jesus can do nothing other than what he sees the father doing, how much more can we do nothing unless we see what the father is doing? I mean, there are plenty of people of, of no faith and of all faiths doing some really good things. But if our heart is about building the kingdom of God and about people knowing our Heavenly Father, then in that sense, there's nothing that we can do without knowing him. I work for an organisation called World Without Orphans. I lead the European team. Our doing thing, our task, is to work so that the unparented children, i.e. those who live in organisations and institutions and don't have family to live with, can have family. Now, there are 1.5 million orphans in Europe and about 1 in 150 uh, people in Eastern Europe are a child who's living in an institution. 
In the industrialised nations, it's about one in every 500. How on earth am I, with a team of seven people, who are not government ministers or anything of any great power like that in the sense of the world, how on earth are we going to impact <laughs> on 1.5 million unparented children? We have a strategy which came out of this verse, and I often say to people, it's our strategy to not have a strategy. <laughs> our strategy together, and, and we do, they came with this through prayer, is to look for what the Father is doing about this particular issue, and then join in with that. And God has brought to us loads of people who are in their own cities and villages and countries are already working this out of faith in Jesus uh, to provide homes for children and, and, and all that we aim to do. And we just aim to partner with them. And there are countries where we're not active. And that's because God hasn't yet shown us what he's doing is that there and who he's using there. But our prayer is that he will show us those people and show us what he's doing so that we can join in. Because we know that without him, we've got no hope of bringing the kingdom of God into the lives of those millions of children. Uh, only through following what the Father is doing have we got any chance whatsoever uh, of resolving that problem. And yet, for a few weeks up until a couple of weeks ago, um, I was getting quite stressed um, for a start, we're running out of money in WWO Europe. Um, we've been kind of locked in, haven't been able to travel for 15 months, or is it a little bit longer than that now? Uh, and, um, and also, we've been in a lull of our activity, kind of planning things for the future, but not much happening now. So I was getting a bit stressed about that. At the same time, in our family, we've got some sort of wider family health issues, which is putting some pressure on time and activity. So I'm getting to get quite stressed about this. And my default place when I get stressed is to work harder and to do more. And it was a bit ironic when it dawned on me that I've got two or three people around me in our European team who are saying to me, I'd like to do more, I've got time, what can I do? And I'm saying, yeah, thanks very much, I've got to work harder. <laughs> and so I kind of came to a bit of a resolution to that before we went on holiday last week. Um, but that is my default position, to work harder. I was really uh, blessed I went uh, and had a sozo uh, a week last Wednesday. Uh, if you don't know what a sozo is, um, I used to describe the kind of process of what a sozo is, because that's, that's how I think. I think a bit systemically and process-wise and structure. So I used to describe the process of structure. But after my experience a week last Wednesday, I would change how I describe sozo to describe it as, a, as an opportunity to really have some intimate time with our Father God, <laughs> refeeling the emotion from the time. Because God really spoke to me. He spoke to me in lots of really personal ways about things that I won't share here. But actually, one of the things I really took about it, uh, away from that is God the Father can speak to me <laughs> and I can hear him. Um, and it really settles the heart around the stresses of money and task and, uh, and all those kind of issues. That's really special and it's available to all of us. So as I've thought about that and I'm just looking at the time just one small story. One of the things God showed me is that he's really passionate about me. <laughs> he really loves me. And he took me back to a time when I was a, a, a teenager and I was pretty good as a cricketer as a teenager. And the cricket club that I played for was just across the road from my house, took about two minutes to walk over to the pavilion. Uh, and my dad would come and watch. He'd come over sometime during the Saturday afternoon and stay for a couple of hours and watch. And I loved that. And, uh, and my dad was really supportive and I really loved him. A lot of the other cricket dads who 
alongside me were playing. I played for the Yorkshire Schools team and so on. They would do everything with their, with their lads because they wanted them to succeed. They wanted them to become professional cricketers. My dad was more cautious than that. Felt it wasn't sure it was good for me, wasn't sure I would make it. So I was kind of more measured. I never really felt a lack of support. But what God kind of said to me uh, uh, a week last Wednesday was, you know, when you go to play cricket, not that I do anymore, <laughs> um, when you go to the match, I'm going to walk over with you. I'm going to sit whilst you get changed and the changing rooms get ready to play. And I'm going to stay all afternoon. And I'm going to shout and I'm going to cheer and I'm going to clap you with what you do. And then when the game's over and you go in the changing rooms to get changed again, I'm going to wait. And then when you're finished, I'm going to walk back home with you because I want to be there the whole time. And it was really like God saying, I'm so committed and passionate to you. I'm there. I'm there with you all of the time. Uh, and I want to talk to you. I want to listen to you. I want to chat about you. I want to debrief the match with you and what went right and what went wrong. And that's the intimacy that God wants with us. So my model, if you like, that I came to, which is that there's this kind of belief and action that's tied together through faith, I've adjusted it. Because I think you do have action, and it is tied together with something through faith. And actually the thing that really brings it together is not belief, but it's intimacy with our Father. And it was really that, that Sozo session, having had weeks of feeling I couldn't really hear God, it was like every time we asked God what to say, it just came like that. And it was like knocking dominoes over that God was just speaking like that to me. And I could hear him clearly and it was a really special time. Um, Kerry, I don't know if you picked up this morning, but there's a blog. Uh, oh, I'm slightly over time. I shall finish quickly. <laughs> um, uh, Kerry Rass put up a blog this morning, and I don't know if you've seen it yet, where she said it's been a busy week, but they've been reminded from Luke chapter 5, verse 16, that Jesus used to regularly take him off to a solitary place to, pr to pray. So they found in their busy first week in Albania <laughs> that the answer to that is to find a solitary place with Jesus. So I would encourage you, as you think about this relationship between believing or faith and action, to remember that if we're talking about the kingdom of God, the real thing is to really get close to our Father God, allow him to speak to you. By going closer to him, you will be able to hear him. And then the actions that come out of that will be those that he ordains and he equips and that he fills and in which he gives you peace. And those actions will be even more effective, just as they were for Esther and Abraham and Joshua and all the other people that the other guys have spoken about. Because faith, it's a doing word. But doing, it's a faith and an intimacy word. Thanks, guys. <laughs>